time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. And we've got a great show for you today because we're talking about the unasked questions of the financial world. No, 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 not the frequently asked questions or the common questions. These are the unasked questions in the financial world because a lot of people have questions about their retirement, but most people should be asking other questions that what's kind of scary is they don't even know that they need to be asking these things in the first place. So we're going to uncover a few of those on today's podcast. And Glenn, the first one, which has major implications to your finances, yet for some reason people don't often ask this question, is how much are my tax deferred savings going to cost me in taxes? I mean, what, what, what's it all going to cost at the end when I go to take that money out? And a lot of people overlook that question. You're exactly right, Walter. I mean, we have to take a look and, and we have to remember, obviously, that these are your 401ks, your IRAs, those monies that have never been taxed before. And so we have to realize that, okay, when they come out, they're going to be subject to taxation, but not everybody's tax situation is going to be the same. Some people are going to have pensions. Some people are going to already have started taking their Social Security. And so all the different income streams that are that start up in, in retirement are going to be treated a little differently in, than when you were working and, and just taking a salary, basically. So we have to think about it. And we have to do some tax planning. And most folks don't really engage in that. They just think in terms of, well, I've got so much money in this account and um, I'm just going to draw out this amount. Or maybe they say, well, I'll figure out how much I'm going to draw out, you know, in sometime in the future. But the reality is, is that we've got a lot of a lot of things to think about in terms of how much we take out and when we take it out and which accounts do we draw from. And those tax deferred accounts need some planning. You know, it's I always I always like to ask people when, when we look at their statements and say, well, how much of this is yours? And they, they kind of look at me kind of funny. And I said, no, 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 really, how much is yours? And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, I mean, are you going to have to pay taxes on this? And they go, well, yeah. And I said, well, do you know what the tax rate's going to be? And, and oftentimes it's like, well, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to be in this bracket. And so then we have to start to begin planning and, and doing some what if scenarios. And oftentimes we can find ways to save dollars and save money out of those accounts just simply because we're examining it and we're doing some analysis rather than just treating all the monies and all the different accounts the same way. And so we have to think in terms, especially if we think the tax rates are going to go higher in the future. Most people that I talk to think, well, maybe we're going to get a tax cut. You know, we, you know, we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens, you know, with this next round of negotiations in Washington. But, you know, when we start thinking about maybe 10, 15, 20 years from now, I can't find hardly anybody who thinks the tax rates aren't going to be higher. And so we think in terms of, well, we're going to be withdrawing throughout retirement. And so it's very, very important to know that, hey, we've got to treat these dollars in a particular way, i.e. we've got to we've got to start planning about how we're going to take it out, because distribution is certainly way different than accumulation. Great analysis, I think. And yeah, we're in right now as we record this podcast you know, near the end of December, we're looking at uh, a situation where the tax situation at this exact moment is up in the air. Who knows what it's going to be like 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And so you've got to be thinking about the tax implications of your savings and, you know, whether the you know amounts end up being higher or lower that you're going to owe in the future. That's going to dictate kind of what you want to do with 
your plan. So it's good to have that conversation about your tax-deferred savings now rather than just waiting until it's time to take money out to figure it all out in retirement later on down the line. So it's a great question that a lot more people need to be asking. Uh, If we're covering these unasked questions, Glenn, this has to fall into that category each year, and it's mostly because of the way this is phrased. How much can I withdraw from my savings each year. Now, people kind of ask this question just in a different way. Why is it important to ask it from this perspective? Well, Walter, I mean, you need to know, if we're gonna have an income plan, we need to have an idea about how much we can withdraw, what are our basic needs, right? We need to know what our absolute you know, cash flows are gonna be. That might be a pension, that might be social security, it might be one or two different social security checks. And we gotta know when those are gonna be turned on, and then we've gotta know what other resources we have. Do we have 401ks or IRAs or regular brokerage accounts or possibly some annuities or savings accounts? And so we, we have to look at the tax implications like we were just talking about from the various accounts, but we also have to think in terms of, you know, how much real money do we need in terms of our living expenses? And then possibly, you know, extras like, you know, if like you want to take a vacation or maybe you want to do a little extra something for the grandkids or something like that, we have to think in terms of, well, how much money are we going to spend or how much can we spend? And then we kind of back into it and see, well, are there ways of, for us to save in taxes? Are there ways for for us to save in other ways. And then bottom line is, is okay, what kind of a cash flow do we need to meet our expenses and to meet our desires? And then we begin to take a look at, well, which accounts are we going to draw from and how much of each, each of those different accounts are we going to take and when? That sounds quite complicated and it can be, you know, you can certainly simplify it, but if you simplify it, a lot of times you don't, you're not going to like the results because it gets complicated when we're, when we're doing that planning for taxes and knowing which ones to take first and how much to take it from. But you've really got to think in terms of how many dollars do I need after taxes in order to meet my expenses and meet my desires. Then we start to figure out, well, which is what is going to be the best strategies that we can follow in terms of when do we take Social Security? Maybe we take um, one spouse's Social Security now. Maybe we take another one later. Maybe we turn on a pension at a particular time or start drawing from from this account or that account. You know, we can literally run what-if scenarios in tax software to figure out what's going to be your best situation and, and the best way for you to do it because your situation is going to certainly be different than than the next person's and, and what their needs and desires are and, of course, what their assets are too. A lot of people think, Glenn, when it comes to life insurance, insurance and retirement, that the two don't really go together. Once you get to that stage in life, why would you still need life insurance? Therefore, people don't ask the question, but it should still be asked. Tell us some reasons why we should still be asking, you know, should we have life insurance when we retire? Well, Walter, I mean, that that's another really great question that, that a lot of times goes unasked because a lot of people think in terms of, well, I don't need it anymore. And the reality is, is that the answer is, well, it depends. You know, it depends upon what are our goals and what are we trying to accomplish? You know, if we've got monies that we know are going to be taxed later and maybe we're going to maybe we're going to end up leaving maybe an IRA or a 401k to, you know, to kids and grandkids that that we may not use all of it. If we believe the tax rates are going to be higher in the future, we might want to have some some life insurance to offset the taxes because we know that life insurance proceeds are tax free. So that might help us make sure that we actually give what we want to give to the kids and grandkids. Another thing that's actually more important though, as I see it is, is that, you know, when I think in terms of legacy planning, I think not only in terms of the kids and grandkids, but I think about the the surviving spouse, 
Because what ends up happening is, is that more often than not, you know, one spouse is going to predecease the other. And so we know automatically that that in like 99 times out of 100, that the income is going to drop. If for no other reason, we're going to lose one of the Social Security checks, right? Because the the larger of the two Social Security checks is going to become the survivor benefit, and the smaller one's going to go away. Sometimes a, a pension is going to get reduced or eliminated. And then what happens is income goes down, but then we also have the scenario where hey, we, we're in a situation now where we're going to be filing as a single person rather than a married couple filing jointly, which means that our, our deductions and our exemptions get cut in half, and then we also start going into the higher tax brackets you know, that much sooner. So it's very common to have folks you know, turn into a, a situation where their income actually drop, but their taxes go up. And that's certainly a reason to be planning in terms of maybe we need a little bit of life insurance. You know, when you were working and you were going through the working years, the whole idea for life insurance was to make sure that you had income replacement, right? And so we might need the very same thing in retirement. It's just not something that you normally think about. But the reality is, is that's the way the tax code works and that's the way it's structured. And we also know that, you know, the income, like I say, nine times out of 10, it's going to drop. So we've got to make sure that we have our, our surviving spouse covered. Makes a lot of sense. And I don't think a lot of people have the foresight to see those situations when life insurance might come in handy, even in your retirement years and uh, the different ways that life insurance can be used. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be right for everybody, but there may be a situation where it applies to you that life insurance would be great to have in place. It can be a tool that can help solve a problem that you might have going on. So that's one big issue to remember. Another unasked question, Glenn, that's very frequent is, what kind of medical coverage will I need over and above Medicare? A lot of people think that it's just going to be Medicare and that'll take care of all the problems, but that's another question that people really should be asking. Well, that's right, Walter. And and most folks realize that they're going to, when they start Medicare, they're probably going to take on a Medigap or a Medicare supplement policy or maybe a Medicare Advantage policy to help uh, you know offset the things that Medicare doesn't cover. But then we start thinking in terms of, well, what else do we need to get have covered? You know, we, we start thinking in terms of, you know, dental and, you know, hearing and vision and those kinds of things. A lot of times those aren't covered by just regular Medicare. Some Medicare Advantage programs have that, but but it's not covered under under other scenarios. So that's the easy part, though. We can normally find a, a, you know, a small policy that will cover those things. But where we really get into it, Walter, is, is when we start thinking about long-term care. And, you know, long-term care is not covered by Medicare. And, and so we have to think in terms of how are we going to hedge that risk for long-term care? You know, there is traditional long-term care policies. There are annuities and life insurance policies that are kind of hybrids that give us the ability to have extra long-term care benefits if we need them, but then they can actually end up going to uh, survivors if we don't need them, which that's a very popular uh, thing for folks to look at because an awful lot of people that I talk to have a real, you know, just uh, they kind of back up when we start talking about traditional long-term care policies. Because what do we know, Walter? Those, those things are pretty expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they are expensive. And so I, that's why people have to pay such attention and be so careful about the decisions that we make in retirement, not only with the money that we're going to be saving and investing, but what we're spending as well. And that includes health care. That's a big piece of the puzzle, and too many people overlook some of the implications there. Well, that's exactly right, Walter. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, if we, if we start looking at, in essence, I, I like to use the word hedge. You know, we want to think in terms of hedging that long 
long-term care risk. And so there's a lot of different financial tools that we can pull out of the toolbox. Not all of them are going to fit everybody's situation, but there's certainly things that need to be explored and, and we need to uncover what options are there because most people really don't understand what choices they do have. You know, it's just like they say, you don't know what you don't know. And so, you know, most people, you know, understand about your know, retirement accounts and that they could put investments here or there. But when it comes to the insurance world, there's a lot of products and a lot of different types of policies out there that most people are, are really unaware of unless they've done some detective work and, and or met with somebody who, who really understands it and is licensed to be able to you know offer and show them what's available. And it's critical because you know I look at long-term care insurance, Walter, as, as really like asset protection, right? Because if you have to go into a long-term care facility, you can spend an enormous amount of money, you know, and, and it just it doesn't take hardly any time at all for it to go, you know, just, you know, your nest egg just gets depleted so quickly. And, you know, so I kind of make a joke I, when we're thinking about how do we protect, there's, as I look at it, besides inflation, we have three big risks. We have, you know, tax risk or future taxation risk. And I know of nobody who wants to send extra money to Uncle Sam. And then, of course, we have market volatility when and when we're taking distributions and, and nobody you know, needs to be taking money out of their accounts when they're down dramatically in value. And then the last one is, you know, with long term care. And, and again, I've never met anybody that really wants to give a lot of money to the nursing home. But yet at the same time, that oftentimes is what happens. And we have to think in terms of how can we hedge that and how can we protect those assets to make sure that they can go to the people that we that we love and we care about. Well, maybe one of the reasons why so many people, you know, don't ask these important questions, Glenn, is because it does kind of make your head spin. And I know that can be the case when it comes to trying to plan for Medicare in retirement and uh, trying to figure out all those different puzzle pieces, Medicare, Medicaid, how it all fits together. Part A, B, C, D, you get the idea as it uh, goes on and on down the list. Speaking of things that kind of make your head spin, maybe one other question that people should definitely be asking about their financial plans, for some reason they don't often ask this question, and that's how much am I really paying in fees and commissions? What's my portfolio? What's my plan really costing me? And people are surprised usually when they get the answer. Well, no, you're right, Walter. And it's a situation where, I mean, most people are, are paying something in fees. And, and oftentimes, you know, they're paying more than they think they are, particularly if you delve into, you know, particular mutual funds and whatnot, because they have a lot of internal fees that are, we can't say that they're hidden, but they're certainly not, not very easy to find. And so, it's kind of a reality of the fact that, you know, there's going to be some fees there. The, the key question is, is what are you getting for the fees are you, that you're paying? You know, are you getting participation on the on this side of the managers to to, you know, help protect and, you know, and actively manage those those funds so that, you know, you they protect you from a you know tragic you know volatility event like 2008 or the dot com bust and back in 2000. You know, a lot of times folks just, you know, they maybe they have an advisor, maybe they don't. If they've got an advisor, maybe they're paying an extra fee on top of what they're paying on their on their mutual funds and they may or may not be getting extra benefit there. So again, it's it's not so much as if you're paying fees. It's the question is is number one, how much are you paying? And number two, what are you getting for that? And so, you know, if you're getting some extra added value, then then that's an okay thing is, you know, as long as it doesn't get too far out of hand. But, you know, you really need to know, and, and most people don't, and it's really a good idea to do an analysis of that and, you know, and to come in and, and you know, let's do an analysis of your portfolio and let's see what, what's actually there. Most people are very surprised. Well, you won't be surprised when you come in and meet with Glenn Mosseller to talk about your financial situation and kind of go through 
the planning process. Now, maybe some of the findings might surprise you, but the process won't be surprising because it's pretty easy to understand how Glenn operates. And Glenn, so that we can have those expectations, tell us a little bit about what a first appointment looks like and how you walk people through some of these questions. And as you said, sometimes people don't know what they need to be asking, but that's okay because you know what the right questions are for people to make sure they're bringing up and discussing. What's your process look like? Well, Walter, I mean, it's it's really important, number one, in that first meeting that we're going to get to know each other a bit, you know, and I, I like to call it a discovery meeting. I ask folks, you know, to bring the things that they're comfortable and and talking about, the things that are going to help us really figure some things out for them is, is if they can bring in their social security statement and is possibly their tax return. I mean, if we take a look at their tax return for the last couple of years, that's going to give us a lot of insight as to, you know, how, how things are going to be taxed. And, and it can really show you how your income is going through the tax system. And I always like to walk folks through that because, you know, most people understand that they kind of looked at the tax return, but it's pretty complicated. And, and I always like to walk through and say, you know, hey, you know, this money's coming here. What if we rearrange the, how the income came there? And sometimes we can find opportunities. So it's critical to bring that and two, you know, it, it, if you can bring in your uh, your statements, uh, you know, your most recent statements from your different accounts or from your from your policies, whether it's a life insurance policy or a long term care policy, it helps us gain insight as to what you have and what benefits you you know you have in place and what resources you have, and then and then we start putting that puzzle together. But the puzzle of, of of all of your dollars and cents and all your different accounts has to be taken into account in terms of who you are in the context of you and your your retirement and what you want to see happen. I see too many times folks, you know, come in and they they've talked to somebody and and they say, well, so and so tells me I should do this just because I've got this account. And the key question is, is whether or not that's going to fit their lifestyle or not and whether or not it's going to fit their risk tolerance or not. And so we want to do discovery not only on the dollars and cents and all the different accounts, but who you are as a person and, and also as a couple and then what you want your retirement to be like. And then we work to put all of the pieces of the puzzle together to fit you and what you want to see and how you want to live your retirement years. That's very critical to me. You know, the dollars and cents are important, but who you are is far more important. It's always important to remember these things, and that's why we talk to Glenn Mosseller each and every week here on the Retirement Roadmap. And here's a recap of the ways you can get in touch with Glenn. 336-291-3535 is the number to call. That's 336-291-3535. He's the registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. You can also find Glenn online at greensbororetirement.com. On the website, you'll see a little uh, banner at the bottom of the page that says free consultation. You can click on that and schedule a time to meet right from your smartphone or computer. And when you schedule your time, you can even indicate what kind of meeting you want to have, whether that's a social security analysis, a portfolio review, you know, an overall comprehensive look at your planning. Maybe it's income planning that's of particular interest to you. So you can kind of customize the onset of your meeting that way as well. Let Glenn know some of the issues that you're facing and thinking about. Again, that's greensbororetirement.com. Schedule a free consultation there. And you can come into the office in Greensboro on Mears Chapel Road and have a conversation about your plan. This is the Retirement Roadmap. Coming up on the next podcast, be sure to tune in. We're going to be talking about some of the biggest retirement regrets that people have had and how you can learn from their mistakes. That's coming up on the next edition of the Retirement Roadmap. <laughs> 